Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, November 6th. S&P futures are trading flat to down small in the Eurozone. Major Eurozone equities are also trading flat to down small, and Asia was mixed overnight. Uh, relatively quiet as far as major macro news is concerned. Some eco data out of Europe was positive, but nothing that's really altering the growth narrative for that region. Um, no trade news out overnight, which I think in itself is notable because um, you're really not seeing any you know, you're not seeing officials in the White House kind of rush out and deny those September 1st tariff stories that we saw Monday night. Um, so recall those articles suggested that as part of the phase one negotiations, the U.S. may not only suspend the December 15th tariffs, but also may go back and rescind the ones that were put in place on September 1st. So um, normally when you see kind of trade articles hit over the last several months, you see the White House officials kind of come out and deny some of the um, you know, some of the statements in them, but you haven't seen that occur. So that suggests that, that you know, that's certainly a possibility. Um, and I think obviously that by far is the critical component of uh, the macro narrative as far as U.S. equities are concerned right now, trade um, coming up. And I'll go get back to that in a second. Um, so just running through, you know, there are a lot of micro headlines, I would say, out overnight, a lot of earnings in the U.S. Earnings in the U.S. last night were net negative, microchip, match, um, ATUS, and then a few other smaller stocks all had disappointing numbers to one degree or another. I would say on Microchip, which is a pretty important semiconductor stock, you think of it as more, uh, you know, a poor man's Texas Instruments as far as having a very broad exposure to a variety of sectors to the economy. Um, the numerical guidance for December was was uh, disappointing, but the qualitative language in the press release and on the call. Um, was positive. So management talked about positive linearity, bookings trends, recent bookings trends had picked up. Um, so they were suggesting that the semi-cycle may be at a turning point, a positive inflection point. So I think that's notable. And that will probably prevent that stock um, from suffering too much. You know, we're definitely at the tail end of the U.S. earnings season. Um, you know, I have Qualcomm tonight and then Disney tomorrow night, which are probably the last really large cap names left. Um, and then beginning next week, you're getting to the November end season, which is dominated by tech and retail. Um, in Europe, there were a few earnings as well. I would say probably the most notable is SockGen that uh, had decent numbers and that's leading outperformance in Eurozone banks. Um, and then just on M&A, there's a report in the journal that Xerox is considering a bid for HP. Um, the article definitely sounded skeptical as far as the likelihood of that deal occurring. HP is much larger than Xerox. Um, similar to the story that hit midday yesterday about Walgreens speaking to PE firms, um, those conversations sound like they're occurring. You, that, so that article was confirmed in the FTN on Bloomberg. Um, but again, all the articles are quoting bankers and, and industry officials as saying how they're skeptical a deal would actually come to fruition. Um, so that is the micro news. Um, so just coming back to the macro backdrop, uh, U.S. politics were in focus as well. You had a few elections last night. Um, Democrats did well in Virginia. They have full control now of the Virginia state government for the first time in a generation. That was somewhat expected. The Kentucky governor's race was won by the Democrat. It looks like the Republican has not formally conceded, but it looks like the Democrat will win. That was somewhat unexpected. So, you know, a lot of the newspapers are spinning last night as being positive for Democrats and, as, and an indication of how November of 2020 could unfold. Um, you know, I think we've seen now over the last several election cycles, over the last several off election cycles, um, you know, Democrats have done well. They did well in the midterms. They did well last night. Um, but I think it remains to be seen how they're going to fare in the next national election in November. I think the, the near term question is still who will become the Democratic nominee. Um, and while Warren um, is enjoying polling momentum, 
I think that her blueprint that she released last Friday about the Medicare for All really dealt what probably will wind up being a fatal blow to that entire concept. Um, so I think that is probably the more uh, interesting political development of the last couple of weeks. Um, instead of circling back to the S&P, you know, I think investors ver- right now are, are definitely facing a dilemma. You know, bulls have a lot. I'll um, have a lot of wind at their back. They can talk about the upcoming trade catalysts, which was like, which look like they will all be resolved in a favorable fashion. So, not only phase one, eurozone auto tariffs, the Huawei waivers, and then possibly USMCA passing. You have resilient economic data. So, the non-manufacturing ISM out in the U.S. yesterday um, is the third positive economic data point for the month of October in the U.S. after jobs and manufacturing ISM on Friday. Um, so, you know, you continue to have indications that while manufacturing certainly has experienced enormous amounts of pressure over the last several months, there are some suggestions that it's stabilizing while the labor uh, and consumer and services areas of the economy are holding in very well. Um, you're coming out of an earnings season that wound up being a little bit better than feared. Um, and then you have central banks that have uh, spent the last several months cutting policy. So the bulls have all of that at their back. I think, um, you know, there is still some reticence among people uh, about diving into the market on the long end at these levels, you have prices that are overbought. Um, you have as well. I would note that um, you know valuations continue to get stretched. So you're above 17 and a half times. You're already you're, you know you're closing in on 18 times. There's not a ton more upside left unless you're going to start making upward revisions to growth and earnings forecasts. Um, and while you could make that argument, especially if you start to see phase one really surprising the upside. Um, you know, even if you start to see the November 1st tariffs get rescinded, I don't know if that really is going to add an enormous amount to that kind of 175, 176, 20, 20 EPS figure. Um, so I, you know, I think it's hard to really get that number up five or five or more dollars. Um, so you're kind of at this standoff right now where people are reluctant to kind of chase this market at these levels after a huge rally over the last month. Um, but bulls certainly have, um, you know, some powerful fundamental talking points. Um, you know, I, I would say the conviction among the bulls is certainly higher than it is among among bears at the moment. Um, and I would say that as far as which camp is more nervous, I think those that have insufficient exposure seem more nervous than people that have full positions on at the moment, suggesting that, you know, there is performance anxiety. There is some concern about people missing out on a year end squeeze rally. Um so that, you know, that obviously can provide uh, um, dry powder f- to advance higher. Uh, so that is pretty much it for today. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening to the Vital Dome podcast.